Hey guys, Lord Commander Ulrich here, popping in real quick to let you know that this week's episode contains a few spoilers for Horus Heresy books such as Fulgrim and the Primarchs, as well as Galaxy in Flames. Keep in mind, they're minor spoilers, but we didn't want to ruin this for you if you hadn't read these books yet. Enjoy the episode. And welcome to Geeks of Grimdark, your home for everything Warhammer. Be they elves or Eldar, Space Marines or Stormcast, we've got you covered. I'm Lauren Commander Ulrich. And I'm Axel Wright. How's it going? Uh, you know, it's actually pretty well. Um, I got a date on Saturday, and in preparation for that, I've been working on a, a sesame chicken recipe. I did my first test run last night, and I think it went pretty well. Uh-huh. So... Alrighty then. Well, you know, I think uh, today's topic is very fitting for dating and romance and whatnot. <laughs> All we'll right, get well, into that. Yep, go ahead. But first, we're going to thank the people that give us money to talk about such nonsense on the internet. They are our wonderful, wonderful patrons. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Reed D, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brendan Agnew, John Vinnels, and Kit Kinney. Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash Geeks with Shields. For an indeterminate amount of money, because we haven't yet done the math, an episode, you get to see all sorts of great bonus content, and you help us make this podcast week to week. And as with every episode of Geeks of Grimdark, we have a guest, so feel free to introduce yourself. Hey everybody, I'm Scott Rubin. I'm a mega geek, a dad, an author, a streamer, and of course a Warhammer fan, and I'm ready to talk about Warhammer today. All right. Well, then, uh, why don't you get right into it, cause unless you have... No, you know what, let's just get right into it. What army are you bringing to the discussion? I am bringing the one, the only, the Emperor's Children. <laughs> Chaos Space Marines, the best of the best. Oh, no. Okay, quick point of clarification, because we have been bouncing around multiple ones. 30k or 40k? Um, well, let's talk 40k, but I can also chat 30k. I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it, so primar- this- primarily 40 this is pretty great because one of my best friends is a corn and Zinch player, so Ooh. I'm very familiar with those uh, related Space Marine chapters, but sure. I haven't met anyone yet who... It, well, the only Slanesh player I know in general is Slagathor, that's Ulrich's wife, and I haven't talked with her about it. I think pretty sure she's just demons anyway, so... Yep. Yeah, <laughs> she, she came real close to doing Emperor's Children, but she didn't like... They were, they were too spiky. There wasn't enough soft curves. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that, that, so was, anyway, that was a note I was going to get to tonight. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, generally with this, uh, how our, our layout for Geeks of Grimdark, since you are our guest, we give you the, the primary spotlight. So why don't you, uh, for those listening, and if anyone's keeping along with us, they have a, a general knowledge of what Warhammer is. So why don't you just give us an overview, like a top-level overview of the Emperor's Children, uh, from wherever you see fit to start. Sure. Um, I, yeah, I love, I love the lore. Yeah, I'm a big Warhammer 40k lore person. I've read nearly all of the Horus Heresy novels, and there are an ungodly amount of them. There's like uh, 60 some. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. We we uh, are but, actually reading through it right. Well, he's Ulrich's read through a bunch of them. I'm I'm just now recently reading them. We're in the third one right now, so we got a long ways. <laughs> okay. Well, so you've been so you've uh, you've at least met Fulgrim. You know, uh, you know a little bit about the Emperor's Children already. Uh, yeah, no, the uh, the the Horse Heresy stuff is great. That's what really got me into into the lore. 
um, I got started with the game, but then I was like, you know, I need to learn more about this and and dove into it. Uh, so yeah, so the Empress Children, they were one of the original twenty Space Marine legions way back in the the thirty k era uh, with the Primarch Fulgrim, and the Empress Children. They were all about being sort of perfect warriors, uh, and they were so good and they excelled at their missions in the Great Crusade so much that they were gifted the name the Emperor's children from the Emperor himself and his symbol. They were actually the first ones to have the Eagle Aquila as part of their panoply on their armor. Uh, and then it be, even became part of their battle cry. Their battle cry became for the Emperor as they charged into battle to kill, you know, everything. Uh, so then, you know, fast forward a little bit and we have the actual Horus Heresy. Half of the Primarchs fall to chaos and uh, Fulgrim falls hard. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is he is approached and seduced, you might say, by Slanesh, uh, one of the four chaos gods. Slanesh is the the youngest of the chaos gods, sort of depending on how you look at it and, and you know, sort of crazy godlike things. Wibbly wobbly um, warpy nonsense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you you could say that Slanesh was created by the decadence of the old Eldar Empire. There are other more flowery ways that some people refer to it, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, that the Eldar fucked a god into existence. Yeah, I think, I think uh, we say uh, murder fucked a god into yeah, existence. Yeah, there you go. That's that's the one. Yeah, um, and Slanesh is a really interesting character in all of in all of Warhammer, and we we can talk about this more now or later. But um, over the years, Games Workshop has really has really had a. a a tough time pinning down what Slanesh really means and what Slanesh really stands for. So depending on the era and how welcoming GW is with younger people versus how really nitty-gritty and grimdark they want the game to be for adults, Slanesh variously means lust or decadence or just emotion uh, extremes or sort of the, the limits of experience. My my favorite title for Slanesh is the Prince of Excess. I've always felt like that's the the main thing to latch onto. That whatever it is, it's excessive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and that's something that they've leaned to more recently with Slanesh. Um, so much so that they had this really cool note in I, I you know what I don't even remember what book it was that came out in the last couple of years, but it said that basically that any worshippers of the other gods, if they focus too much on their extremes and their excess. They could fall to Slanesh, even by worshiping the other chaos gods too hard, which is crazy. Because right, which is but it's and I mean it's a crazy thought because they're all so you know they're they're so different. They have their such different um, different focuses, different spheres of influence. Uh, but to wrap it back around, so the Emperor's children were already all about perfection and going beyond everybody else, and Slanesh offered <laughs> some further and further experiences that they could enjoy. I, I will say we, we just got to a point in the, the third book, Galaxy in Flames, where an Emperor's Children uh, guy has revealed that they have started doing um, mutation experiments in the, yes. the goal of further evolution. And it illustrates, I think, very well that one person's definition of perfection might be extremely <laughs> different from another person's. So Yes. Well, uh, and... I like that the uh, Emperor's Children really kind of hit the whole trifecta of a lot of, you know, Slanesh stuff of the obsession with seeking perfection, you know, mm -hmm. pushing yourself to the person, being obsessed with that. And that, you know, it, it's a great, again, trifecta. They were obsessed with being the very best at no matter cost. And Slanesh is like, hey, I got so I can help you with that. 
<laughs> yep. Anyway, yeah, and just sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's great. Yeah, and again, just being just being perfect in you know in in physical stuff. So obviously, you know, they'll be tempted by Slanesh offering physical enhancements and demonic speed and things like that. And then there's a whole branch of the Emperor's children who were way into sort of artwork and especially into music and sound. And so we get the whole branch of the cacophony in 30K, which becomes the Noise Marines in 40K. Noise Marines! Yeah. Oh, we're, we're definitely going to talk a lot about Noise Marines. Um, and then and Fulgrim, uh, whereas all of his sons of the Emperor's children were, were dabbling in all this stuff, he just immediately took it to 11. Uh, he, he killed Ferris Manus. He was infected by a demon. He got his soul back, sort of. Uh, he became a, a demon himself, and he kind of ditched his emperor's children. Because if he's going to fall, he might as well fall perfectly. Exactly. <laughs> and and yet, yeah, the most that anyone ever could. So unfortunately, the, at sort of the end of the 30k period, it leaves the emperor's children leaderless. They're fractured. They're just as likely to fight themselves as other people. Uh, they they worked with Karn a little bit. That didn't go so well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, want, I want to... Uh... I want to bring up Tarfitz, but at the same time, I don't want anything spoke because I actually don't know what happens to him. So Ooh, okay, okay, no, I'm I'm glad you said that. So I I'll, I'll refrain. He is quite possibly one of the best Space Marine characters in all of the lore. Personally, I think so. Uh, but yeah, I won't I won't reveal anything. Uh, so all that happens, and then from 30k to 40k, the Emperor's children just get more and more debased. Uh, they fall more and more into this crazy worshiping of Slanesh, and and things shall get loud now, as uh, as we noise marine <laughs> players like like to say. So yeah, and they're, they're the remaining emperor's children are just kind of out to fight and have fun. That's really their their only goals. Yeah, I've heard I've heard emperor's children in 40k uh, a lot of times, especially the possessed ones, described as being obsessed with sensory overload, having like a shitload of eyes so they can just see everything and ears so they can hear mm. everything. And yeah, I know. yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, any, any, exper any method of experience you can have, they just take it to the, to, to the possible limit and further than that. That's the whole Slanesh thing. And that's kind of where Slanesh, especially in the Emperor's Children, they get a bit body whore at points, like more mm -hmm. so than even Nurgle in what they do, especially when you start messing around with Fabius bomb, he's like, it's good, but it could have more legs. <laughs> well, it's a very <laughs> different kind of body horror. Nurgles is all like rotting and decaying. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like Slanesh, from my understanding, is tapping more into like Cronenbergian, like let's add more limbs on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, eyeballs, limbs, uh, limbs that end in tentacles or big claws, all that is good, good stuff. All right, no, so. I was gonna say so. You, all right, so you mentioned that you're a big like lore guy, but that you were playing the game first before you really got into the lore. So, out of curiosity, what? How did you get into it into the game in the first place? And did you start with Emperor's Children, or is that something you came to later? Yeah, it's actually something I came to later. So, I was I, I was a big HeroClix player. Uh, HeroClix is just is a miniatures game, not not a war game like uh, Warhammer. If you're not familiar with it, HeroClix is mainly superheroes. Um, there's a little dial on the base that gives you all of their stats and everything, and you just roll dice and move them around. And it's a it's a lighter game, you might say, <laughs> than Warhammer. Okay. Um, so I was I was running events at a local comic books game store, and a couple of my friends who played HeroClix, they were also playing. They also had been playing Warhammer forever, and so it was always sort of around. They would talk about it. I would listen. I'd be oh that that sounds cool. And then um, 
long story short, I was I was running a website dedicated to uh, miniatures and miniature content for a while, and so I would always report on the latest miniature releases from GW. And I was like, this stuff is really cool. And so finally I asked my friends, all right, okay, sit me down, show me how to play this game. This was during 7th edition. Oof. And they did, I was, and uh, they, they taught me, and I was like, okay, this, this is cool, I could get into this. And I, like I said, I, w- I was first really attracted to the miniatures. Um, now, I'm in the, ex- I think, extreme minority. I liked Space Marines, just like most people do, but what really caught my eye and got me into the game were Centurions. I think okay, really, cool. I, yeah, I think they're really cool looking. I like the idea. I like of, them too. Okay, I just wish well, they were so expensive. Good. Yeah, they're well, ridiculously exactly. overpriced as models, and they're really cool. I like them. Okay, because I most people I say that to, they're like, oh, Centurions. What? Yep, yep, yep. No one likes <laughs> Centurions. I love them. Like I said, I would have more if they weren't so goddamn expensive. Cool. Okay, good, good. So I'm in good company here. Uh, so yeah, so I started, as most people do, with a Space Marine army, and that was great. And then as I got more into the lore and reading stuff, I was like, oh, these Emperor's Children, this is uh, this is some <laughs> cool stuff. I, I could really play with this. So yeah, that's that's sort of my trajectory in getting so into forty k. You started as a loyalist and were drawn away <laughs> by the temptations of chaos. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I still I still play both. I, I've got both those armies and an orc army, and you know, like, yes. like most people, I've got yeah. multiple of everything. Yeah, nobody has just one army in this game. No, I was like. I've always felt like it makes sense to at least have one Imperium army and one non-Imperium army, just because the Imperium's like half of the game. So yeah, oh yeah. For, for sure. And you're yeah. never gonna go without support. It's like, yeah, well, you know, my orcs suck, but you know what doesn't? My guard. <laughs> yep. And then so yeah, getting into the Emperor's Children, I was introduced via the lore, and then I started looking up more about uh, sort of the characters, and I wasn't really that interested in in how well they played. Um, I'm, I'm a purely casual player. Um, everything I do, I try to do really narratively and have story to my games and characters. Yes, yes. And so so when I play, so my when I play Emperor's Children, um, I am a faction purist. I have no desire or interest in playing any mixed Chaos Space Marines army. Um, I'm not going to be mixing Emperor's Children this unit with, Black Legion, that unit. I don't care about that at all. I'm just playing straight up Emperor's Children. And thankfully, you know, even even then, I still have access to almost the entire Chaos Space Marine lineup. And there are a huge number of units in there. Um, and I have Psychers because I don't because I'm not doing anything corn related. <laughs> so that's good too. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I really like the Emperor's Children for for the personality aspect. Um, I get to I get to say all sorts of crazy things. I love playing Noise Marines and Sonic Dreadnoughts, so I'm always, you know, making guitar riff noises when I shoot <laughs> them and doing stuff like that. Um, I also love it that I get to yell out for the Emperor when I fight, and I'm chaos, and that's always great. It works every time. And uh, yeah, there's just sort of a there's a cool warrior tradition in the the Sons of Fulgrim, even though they are so debased. They're always sort of grasping at perfection they're looking for it there's there's a even going as far back as the great crusade there's this idea of the phoenix being related to the emperor's children and so much so that that gw uses the the phoenician as as an epithet for fulgrim and it's like yes we're we're slaves to 
excess and experience and all this crazy stuff. But but we're also trying to we're trying to make it make it good again. We're trying to be great. We're trying to be as best as we can be. And we're hoping Fulgrim is going to come back <laughs> and all this other cool stuff. And then as far as like the actual hobbying and modeling, uh, Emperor's Children really give you a lot of a lot of stuff you can play with as far as customization. Yes, you can go the super spiky sword route. Uh, I've seen Emperor's Children done in snake theme uh, because especially Fulgrim in his demonic transformation got like a snake body. Um, if you're into music, there is so much you can do with music related stuff in Emperor's Children. Sonic weapons, you know, obviously are on Noise Marines and Sonic Dreadnought and some other things now have access to Doom Sirens, but you can theme your other weapons to look like, you know, musical stuff. So there's a lot of cool stuff you can do and the colors and the patterns, because again, all of that that excess. Like, yeah, are so you, do you do the purple or are you like I see a lot of Emperor's Children and a lot of, you know, Emperor's Children war bands and it's just bright, riotous colors slathered one over the other that just hurts to look at. And that's exactly how it should be because like, that's mm-hmm. them. It's like, yeah, yep. a little bit of pink, a little bit of electric blue. Let's get some orange in there. And your eyes just kind of burn looking at it in the back of your <laughs> mind. You're just going, yes, more. One, one 100%. So I was lucky enough that when I was first getting into the Emperor's Children and I was like, oh, my God, I don't even know where to start. How am I going to get all these models? Uh, noise Marines aren't the easiest thing to get or build because you have to get this this you know special kit to upgrade your Chaos Space Marines. And it just so happened that in my my overall gaming group at the local store, there were a couple of people who were selling off old Emperor's Children armies. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, OK. Yeah. That's great. So I, I, so I got a jump start with having some stuff that was painted by other people, um, and I still use it, and I mix and match because, again, yes, everything should be brightly colored and crazy. So some of the stuff I have is sort of traditional pink and black with some green and, and accents and some white and some stuff like that. Some of it is, like, bright pink, kind of crazy, and then some of what I have is insane eye-blinding stuff with, like, zebra skin pattern on certain parts with, like, gold chains next to it. (laughs) It's great. I love it. Yeah, that stuff, it just, oh, yeah. I've never actually had the uh, pleasure of fighting an Emperor's Children player, but I've seen a lot of the models, and it's just like, oh, that thing is hideous. Good job. (laughs) Yep. So you kind of touched on it, but I I was going to ask, like, after the fall... How and again, we, I've acknowledged that everyone has a different definition. But like as a chapter, how does the Emperor's Children or the Legion, or whatever, how do they like define their their strive for perfection? It sounds like it's just more, more, more. But is that like do they have kind of an over like a guiding ethos? Like what does perfection mean to them at this point? Yeah, no, and that's a really good question <clears throat> because they fractured so much it's really different depending on the war band. So in, even in the lore in the novels we hear about, uh, there's, there was one group that had a lot of, uh, raptors. So the, 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 basically the flying chaos space Marines, and they were all about, you know, speed and defeating other, you know, other flying enemies. Uh, we get like characters. So the Emperor's children in 40 K really only have one character, and that's Lucius the Eternal. And wow, is he an interesting fellow. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I don't like Lucius. He, 
Yeah, like he's a really well written character in Heresy. In 40k, yes. he's dumb. I had no idea that Lucius was going to make it out of Heresy. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so briefly, <laughs> yeah, briefly, Lucius was a, a captain under Fulgrim in 30k. He didn't really care about any sort of leadership role. He only cared about being the best swordsman in the universe. Uh, he was really good. He rarely lost, but he was so devoted to that. That again, Slanesh is like, oh, oh, you want to be perfect. You want to be the best at something. We can work with this. Uh, so he became a champion of Slanesh, uh, got to a, a very high pinnacle of fighting ability, and then met somebody who could, who was better. And that messed him up, but Slanesh made it so that Lucius cannot die. Uh, he can be killed, but because of his crazy armor that he has, he is reincarnated within the body of whoever kills him. And that person's soul is now trapped in Lucius's armor, screaming at him, like, from his shoulder pad or from his, his leg uh, forever and ever and ever. That's and a he fascinatingly is... grimdark idea. That's really cool. <laughs> right? right? Uh, and, he, yeah, and he has been killed a number of times in the, the intervening centuries. But, um, but yeah, it's, he's... So he's sort of like a... You could look at him as a, a paragon of what the Emperor's children could could be into. But again, yeah, the war bands just make it so that there, there are lots of different versions of Emperor's Children out there, which again is cool because it gives you so much flexibility in how you want to play them. Or how you want to characterize them, I guess. Well, you know, it's funny, when we, we recently, I don't, I don't know how recently, we recently did a, uh, a video or a, a thing with a friend of ours talking about chaos in general. And mm -hmm. one of the things we talked about is how Slynet, like each of the chaos gods has negative and positive characteristics. And you could argue that the like positive one of the positive characteristics of Slanesh is ambition, or it's mm -hmm. both a positive and a negative thing. And you can't really get more ambitious than wanting to be perfect at something. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I always interpreted that like that was the gene flaw of the Emperor's children that they were just kind of in their being had yeah. this flaw that they could always they never thought they were perfect. And that they would eventually just drive them crazy, which is literally what it did. But that's how I always interpreted that. It's like, that was their gene flaw. The Emperor's like, you guys are perfect. I'm like, but we could be better. No, you, you're, you're as good as you're going to get. But we could be better. You're not listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And then, and as, as you mentioned before, so there is another character. So Fabius Bile, he was in the Emperor's Children in 30K. And he was the chief apothecary of the Emperor's Children. And yeah, he was... He was all about perfection, too, but in making his own perfection. So he's the clone lord, uh, the gene father. He was all about taking science to its furthest limits and being able to create new life and all this crazy stuff. He ended up breaking with the Empress children. So in 40K, he is not part of their faction anymore. He had, and, and in fact, very recently, Games Workshop gave us Fabius Biles' own faction altogether, which is pretty cool. So you can play all of that stuff. I have I heard say. that Fabius Bile is likely the tool that Games Workshop will use to make Chaos Primaris Marines. So that that could be. If, if it, let's just say, if anybody could do it, it would be Fabius Bile. Fabius Bile yeah, has, cause... yeah, across the lore, he's done some ridiculously crazy things with with genes and cloning. Um, I, I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to give anything away in the lore, but it, it basically, it borders on what the Emperor could do. Fabius Bile has been able to do. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to do the Primaris route, but 
I 100% believe there is an Emperor's Children Codex coming. Hmm. And I 100% believe that they're going to have Fabius Bogle like, hey, here's this crazy new amalgamation that I made. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be some special unit for Emperor's Children. Because they just dropped way too many hints about Demon Fulgrim, both across Psychic Awakening and at the end of 8th edition. That's that's what I was going to say, too, is that everything I've heard indicates the rumor mill is that the next um, Demon Primarch is going to be Fulgrim and not Angron. And I was like, you got to be excited for that. Get a big Naga Primarch. I am so, I have been wanting that for so long. There is, uh, oh, I wish I had it at hand, but there's somebody who who did um, fan art of, of Fulgrim in his full demon power <laughs> facing off against Gilliman, and Gilliman is like tiny. And it's just like the coolest piece of artwork. And I, I wish, I wish, I wish I could send it to Games Workshop and say, just make this, please make this. It is so great. Uh, yes, I, I want my Primark. I want to be able to play a Primark on the on the battlefield. No, I 100% believe it's there because there have just been so many breadcrumbs scattered mm. throughout since, like, the end of 8th edition. They were just, like, and Fulgrim decided to, you know, stir from his palace with Kilman's return. He's like, okay, a challenge. And yeah. I was like, okay, cool, because it would also make sense to, you know, give Emperor's Children their own codex and really lean into, okay, how does Slaanesh affect a Space Marine chapter? Yeah, yeah. And maybe, you know... Let's make more. Let's make better noise marines. Yeah. Well, and and two, I think that like lore wise, I think the return of Fulgrim could bring Fabius Bile back into into the the Legion, for lack of a better better word. Yeah, I think I think that could definitely be a thing. Well, another reason is because, I mean, right with the with the Death Guard and the uh, the Thousand Suns already having their own codexes. It's like okay, well, we've got to get the Space Marines for the other two gods. And if you're choosing between the World Eaters and the Emperor's Children, the Emperor's Children had a lot more narrative meat there. I think not that I don't love me some World Eaters and some Karn, but <laughs> oh, they'll yeah. get their turn too. That's sure. I, I have no doubt they're going to do four uh, Chaos God specific codexes and then they're gonna you know probably bring a couple lesser legions up to fill in mm-hmm. for chaos which would be cool because chaos needs some love needs some diversity yeah well yeah if they ever do an undivided it'll probably be a word bearers thing just because they're mm-hmm. role but yeah. anyway <laughs> demon Pernarabo. demon Pernarabo. <laughs> point point is all signs point to, to snake lord so yes yes please I mean, they've got it there. Like, I've seen a lot of people convert the Marathi from Age of Sigmar mm-hmm. into variations. It's like, yeah, giant snake people. I literally yep. just typed in Fulgrim Primar Demon to see if I could find the picture you talked about. And, like, the fourth picture is that Marathi uh, model. So, <laughs> no, I heard you say it just now. Oh, yeah, the Ashen Snakes. By the way, sidebar, uh, since we've mentioned it a couple times, and even though I feel like it's it's pretty obvious just from the title... Would you give us a little description of what a noise marine is? Oh, okay, for sure. So, so way back in 30k, uh, there was a the Emperor's Children were getting together. This is as they were falling to Slanesh and starting to do weird stuff, and um, they had a concert. And during this concert, Slanesh came visiting and mutated and just. Uh, I'm trying to think of there. There was a movie that I just watched that had a scene like this. Oh, there's. It's a really obscure movie called Society. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that one, but it ends with this really weird flesh-changing orgy scene. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of like what happens to the Emperor's Children. But the uh, some of the some of the Emperor's Children, in in the height of all this madness, they grab musical instruments and they start just tinkering with them and 
attaching weapons to them, and they fi- they figure out that they can turn up the sound so loud that they essentially make sonic weapons out of it. And then this becomes a through line for the Emperor's children making what we what we now know as noise marines. So noise marines are chaos space marines, Emperor's children specifically, that are yeah, that they're variously described as they they either love crazy sound as as a destructive device or that they themselves are they're so deadened to sensation that the only thing they can hear and feel is noise that's so loud and so extreme that it is destructive and either way it's great uh so yeah so on the on the tabletop they play as they're essentially they have this all the same stats as chaos space marines except uh what one more attack i think and then they can be you can outfit them just with bolters or chain swords which i don't know why you would want to do that but the big thing is yeah but you could um the best thing is you can give them sonic blasters that are typically assault uh assault three so they get a ton of shots and one of them in a unit can take a sound blaster uh or uh blast master rather blast master which has it's, it's essentially a sound missile launcher so it has two different versions whether you're shooting at a bunch of infantry or something heavily armored. Uh, and yeah, and it's just, they're, they are so, they're so full of uh, character and thematic that they're just so fun to play. Oh, they also have a thing where when they die, they get to shoot one last time before they're removed from the board. Uh, yeah, they're just, they're just great. They're super great. Yeah, and, and for anyone, um, just to get a visual here, because Games Workshop has a Noise Marine model. I've passed it several times in the shop. And I don't know which weapon he just described as this, but the weapon it's holding is basically a electric guitar with a bolter strapped to it. So, yeah, so over, ah, over the... the limited release one. Yeah. Um, over the years, Games Workshop has depicted in model form Noise Marines in various different ways. Uh, again, depending on the aesthetic of the time, so if you want to buy the upgrade kit to make Noise Marines out of Chaos Space Marines, it basically has uh, a, a sonic blaster and the arms are attached. And it's just kind of like it's kind of like a long gun with some weird techie bits and like the, the shooting hand sort of fits into the weapon and there are pipes and things like that. Uh, in previous generations, they did look more like musical instruments, which was really cool. And then, yes, the current uh, Noise Marine, which I... Yeah, I mean it's it's limited, but there are a million of them out there. But they're very expensive. Uh, yeah, it has this really awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a guitar with a gun on the bottom. It's great. And a whammy bar for a trigger. Yeah. Yep. And the the one I'm looking at right now is someone painted to have like leopard skin on the boots, and he's mm-hmm. got a big mohawk. It's rainbow colored. It's wonderful looking. It hurts to look at. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It, 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 yeah. And, and then I, I was going to say, I mentioned it before, but what goes hand in hand with the Noise Marines is the Sonic Dreadnought. So this is a, I mean, we'll see how they technically classified in 9th edition, but in 8th edition, it so the Sonic Dreadnought used to be a Forge World model a million years ago. It's been out of print for, I don't know, decades. It was only available in 8th edition via an FAQ to the Forge World Index so technically, if you wanted to play in like a super stuffy tournament setting, you had to have a million books with you to play it. And it's essentially, it's a hell brute, but it has access to, it can, it can mount, one of its arms can mount two Blastmasters, which is just so cool. Oh, and like I said, you can also slap a Doom Siren on it. So it has like a short range mm-hmm. sonic flamethrower, essentially. 
So that's going one or two routes. Either that's getting legend, putting legends, yeah. or it's going to be new model for the Emperor's Children Codex, which, fingers crossed, that'd be kind of cool. Your words I, your words to Slanesh's ears, my friend. See, we, we had this conversation, me and Ulrich, a while back where we were talking about uh, people who take Warhammer, like, too seriously. And basically the conclusion we came to is that what's great about Warhammer is that you can take it seriously or not. And that it can be both, and it's not counter, you know, it doesn't counter each other out. And to me, looking at this noise marine model is a perfect example of, <laughs> hey, someone just wanted to have fun. That's just fun right there. <laughs> yeah, and and I, so me personally, I love playing games, uh, miniatures games, all sorts of stuff. But for some reason, I have, and this is proven by so many games and so many friends, I have terrible luck at dice rolling. It's, it's it's a curse and it's fine mm -hmm. but early on i came to embrace it and <laughs> i will i'll play things i'll have a million shots and one will hit and i'll fail all my saves and i just you know i don't care about winning because it's it all comes down to the dice you can cut you can be the best player have the best army have the best strategy and if your dice are not with you you will lose so why why make a big deal out, out, out of it you know have fun have fun with the characters in your army have fun with the themes get into you know get into the story of it make vendettas against people like you know, do, <laughs> do all the fun stuff I, I totally understand what you're talking about not not my, me myself my roles I think are average but I've got my, my buddy Dan who was a big reason I got into this, and he is a Admech Death Watch player, mm. and I've watched like four games of his, and every time I couldn't believe the sheer <laughs> level of ones that he rolls. So. Yep, yep, that's yeah, that's me. Go cold on you. I, I've had yeah. games like that. And it's just like okay, just nothing tonight. Okay, <laughs> and I've had ones where I'm rolling sixes that I shouldn't make to like it defies mm. the uh, laws of you know uh, odds. And it's just like, okay, this is this is my night. More more sixes, I'll take it. <laughs> so again, I've done a whole lot of research on Fulgrim specifically. I've gone through a number of the Primarchs like wiki pages, just reading about them. And the only thing I really remember from Fulgrims is I remember reading a description that as a as a Naga prince, he spends most of his time in a palace like made of silk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he there's there are various Slaneshi worlds within the Eye of Terror, of course. You know, all the gods have their their favorites. Um, yeah, it. You know, I I don't know what the impetus was, but at some point, Games Workshop decided we're essentially just going to remove this character from the lore. He'll be out there in case we want to bring him back. But Fulgrim really just said, "Peace out. I'm just going to go and have fun with my never-ending life." And abandoned the fight, abandoned the Emperor's children, and he's off just just relaxing. They kind of did that with all of the Chaos Gods, which I thought was a bummer, which is one of the well, things not, I really liked. Them. Not Magnus. Magnus never stopped being uh, Magnus. <laughs> he yeah. didn't, he didn't. Like, he was there, but he wasn't. And there's a couple, and I'm glad that they've kind of started going, we have these incredible characters that will mm -hmm. sell models like you wouldn't believe. What if we started playing with them again? And they've kind of they've, they've done a little bit of that. But yeah, my, uh, Fulgrim's just well, Fulgrim makes sense. He's like he's all about sensory pleasures, and he just got done fighting a thirty-year war. Of course, he's gonna mm -hmm. fuck off to you know fuck off. Oh yeah, I mean Fulgrim would be happy, you know, carving knives into his flesh for a thousand years. So yeah, he'll, he can he can occupy himself. Let's put it that way. So but I do so love that it was Gilliman's return that kind of made him sit up and go, okay, a challenge. Well, to be fair, Gilman's return made basically everyone in the warp be like, oh, 
something's going on. <laughs> so, well, but, Pilgrim's the one that put Gilliman down in the first place. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. And that's true. And he was also the first one to try to fuck with him again with that um with the crown of the crown of envy or something like that. Yeah, that just made this amplified all of Gilliman's anger at the state <laughs> of the Imperium, which is my favorite little bit of lore. And it makes so much sense. And it's very Slaneshi. It just takes mm-hmm. something and it amplifies it. Yep. Yep. So, all right, so you mentioned before that in the 40K space, Lucius is basically the only, like, character that's kind of kind of running around. First of all, does he have a model, out of curiosity? Oh. He he does. It is very old. It is, uh... It yeah. is terrible. It, it, is, it is. It's not great. All right, because, you know, it's, it's fine cast, isn't it? Yeah. Oof, yeah. <laughs> What's no. fine cast? Does that mean metal? Resin. Oh, it's resin. Okay, yeah, probably. Very badly oh. done resin. Okay, not, I just Googled great. it. And that is a um, that is not what I thought he would look like at all. <laughs> nope. Is that, like, is that a hair rope? <laughs> what is that? Okay, so, so, Lucius, so Lucius went through a phase. Uh, he used to be, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, he used to be the, the most beautiful of the Emperor's children, and that's saying something, because uh, as, as sons of Fulgrim, quote-unquote, uh, they're, the Emperor's children are all supposed to be magnificent-looking men. Uh, you, you might say, if you look at the Primarchs, some people would say that that Sanguinius is the uh, the most impressive-looking, but Fulgrim is the sexiest. I mean, come on, <laughs> let's, let's be honest here. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, uh, Lucius was he was beautiful, he was magnificent. In one version of him, he actually looked exactly like Fulgrim, just on a slightly smaller scale. But then he got into body scarification, and sort of marking his flesh with uh, cuts for every opponent he defeated, well, and he was very good at that. According to False Gods, he got tired of people making jokes about how pretty he was. So. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then that just got worse and worse and worse, and then his... Yeah, so he wields, he wields a sword in one hand, and then the other hand is a whip that... And it's a there's a there's a long story about this in the lore, but essentially it's a whip, it's a sentient whip that is implanted into his arm so he can control it, but it also sort of twitches and moves on its own, and it's extendable and it has thorns and it's super gross. Yeah, that definitely looks pretty gross. I like I do like that at least in this picture his armor looks like it's made of people's faces. That's pretty. Hard yeah, those 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 are the souls. Yeah, they're constantly screaming out to him. He's gonna have a nice model when they redo him. <laughs> like they're, 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 the lore is really there for a really good looking model. Mm-hmm. The one they have now, I don't know what the hell that. He looks like Voldemort, okay? He does kind of look like Voldemort, and he's got that, yeah. that face. Huh. And it's and it's teeny tiny. It's such a little model. Yeah, it's it's not. Oh, that's great. too bad. I mean, I I am a primarily an orc player, and so mm. I had to watch the conversion of Gazcool's old model to his new model. So I yeah. have high hopes for everyone. You know. <laughs> yes. I appreciate that. All right, so anyway, how they seem to be clearing out the backlog. Yeah, so I was going to ask, so my, my point is, like, what kind of, outside the heresy, if, if Lucius is, like, the only character that really exists uh, anymore, what kind of stories do they generally tell in 40K? And how do you, being someone you mentioned at the beginning, who likes doing kind of narrative things, how do you tie your emperor's children into like example, my 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 best one of my best buddies, Wretched, right? He's a Thousand Suns player. So when we do matches of like orcs versus Thousand Suns or something, it's usually something like, oh, there was some ancient knowledge here that the Thousand Suns wanted because they're total nerds, and then the orcs just saw them as being shiny. So it's pretty easy. But like, so what what do you do with the uh, with the emperor's children? How do they fit into the the current lore narratively? Yeah. So yeah, they're. 
they're not great in the current lore, unfortunately. <laughs> again, again, because because they're so splintered, and because and Lucius also does. Yeah, right. They're they're splintered in different warbands. Lucius doesn't really care about the rest of them either. Uh, he he'll pop up from time to time, leading some people. But usually, honestly, stories about Lucius usually involve his warband uh, being annihilated, and he's the only survivor, and he goes off and does something cool. So, like, those aren't great stories for the <laughs> Emperor's children either. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so with when it comes to when I play and when I sort of have narrative events and characters, I like to lean into, obviously, into the, like, the whole noise marine elements and the a little bit of the hedonism of the Emperor's children. So, for instance, uh, I'm part of the Warhammer crew over on Hyper RPG when we, well, when we used to stream. Uh, maybe one day we will again. <laughs> uh, so we have we have the Grimdark Dawn show, and as part of that, I, I've played Emperor's Children on that a few times. And so I created the character Clavius, the Seeker of Pleasures. So that's my Chaos Lord that I that I like to play. And yeah, Clavius is just about he's all about glory and reveling in whatever crazy thing happens on the battlefield and just throwing his noise marines out there. Uh, if they if they kill something, great. If they die, even better, because they get to have that final moment of ecstasy as they feel themselves dying and get that one last shot off. So, yeah, I just lean really hard into, into that sort of stuff. Um, I get to, you know, talk really silly <laughs> as, as the seeker <laughs> of pleasures. Uh, that sounds that sounds tailor built for saying some ridiculous lines. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And and again, every every time, so you have a character like that, and any time there's ever ever any failure or somebody else succeeds instead of him, then that's perfect to build on. As far as you know, oh, I, I hate that one. I need to get the glory. I will have my return. I will have my vengeance. Um, you know, I'm gonna seek you out and challenge you on the battlefield. So all of that kind of all that kind of good stuff. It sounds like you've combined Eidolon and Lucius together in one horrible <laughs> character. I'm going to say, I'm glad you said uh, that uh, Lucius is like the only character, because that means somewhere along the line, Eidolon is going to get his get his. <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading that. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one no, likes that, Eidolon. <laughs> that, that's an interesting point, though. That, that Yeah, I guess I guess I do kind of combine the two. I Eidolon is a character that you love to hate, because he's so, he's so shitty. Um, he's but he's so hateable. Yeah, he's so hateable. But he's so great because he's he's just the most uh, most pretentious, most oh, yeah, egotistical. He's a, yeah, he's not a bad character. And the fact that I can yeah. hate him is testament to how yeah. well he's written in that way. It's the the, mm -hmm. the, the Joffrey principle, right? Yeah. Where it's he's like he's a distillation of the Emperor's children that <laughs> I am better than you because of where I come from. Yep. Which that was written into them. They were just, you know, we get to be we're the emperor's children. What are you? Mm -hmm. You're not us. So you suck. He had, he had such yeah. balls that he tried to 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 talk or to smack talk Angron. Like, <laughs> come on, <laughs> that's that's some cojones right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I lost complete track where I was going. It was that whole like line of, and then, okay, seeker of pleasures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. And so, then two. Oh, oh, oh sorry. I remember now. Yeah. I was going to ask. I was just going to ask. Are there any stories where the Emperor's children in the present incarnation um, interact with the Drakari? I'm just curious. Hmm. You know, there are there are several. Well, actually, yeah. Well, there's a there's a Lucius novel 
in or I, I don't know if it's a novella or a full novel, but uh, Lucius and some other Emperor's children get captured by the Drukari and taken to Komoro and are forced no, to fight. I was just, sorry, I was going to say there's no fate worse than being captured alive by the Drukari, but if you're an Emperor's children, I'm not sure how. Anyway, <laughs> continue. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, yeah, and then Lucius ends up like he loves it. He gets to fight. He gets to kill endless things. Uh, you know, he's he's taunting the crowds, all you know, all the time. Uh, and, and then he, he ends up getting to kill a bunch of Drukari. And then, yeah, I forget how he escapes, but of course he gets out. Um, and then Fabius Bile, again, while he is not technically Emperor's children anymore, he has, Fabius Bile has a whole retinue of followers who come from many different legions and factions, which is a very cool thing all on its own. Um, and in the in some of the latest stories, he also has, Fabius Bile has a whole contingent of noise marines that work for him. Um, so that's kind of a, we get to see noise marines in a little bit of a different setting. Uh, and it's and it's so far out there that Fabius Bile's ship, and again, when you're talking about Chaos Space Marine ships in 40K, most of them have been around for thousands of years and they're, like the ships are sentient and they have all different weird parts. So Phoebe's Bile ship actually has a section that is made of Eldar, um, uh, what's the wood called? Oh, uh, Wraithbone? Yeah, Wraithbone. Yeah, so it's made of Wraithbone. And the noise marines tend to the Wraithbone because they can communicate through it or to it through their musical instruments, which is oh. fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that was in one of the latest uh, Fabius Bile novels. Bile's another interesting one because he kind of represents the other half of the Legion because he never really gave into the hedonism mm -hmm. as much as he gave into the I want to make it better. Yeah, yeah, and just and and Fabius Bile even to sort of the current day in in 40k, uh, Fabius Bile outright denies the existence of the gods of the chaos gods. Or says, well, they might yeah. exist, but they're not really gods. They don't have any control over me. And there's a great scene in one of the novels that he's saying that he's on a, a demon planet. And, like, the gods are literally in the sky looking down at him. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to look up. I don't believe you're there. I'm just going to look straight ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, after that, my image of Fabius Bile is him perpetually giving the finger now. Just wherever yep. he goes, just one hand is giving the finger to everything. Pretty much. He is an asshole. <laughs> Oh. He's really one of those characters. I hate him so much in the heresy, and he's so, interesting. So without like uh, again, you have to worry too much about the spoilers thing because obviously 40k, there's some of the stuff you just know. But um, one of the books I know that's on our docket is Fulgrim, which mm -hmm. I have heard nothing but amazing things about. So I was just curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, Ful Fulgrim is great. Uh, it's. Because they they did some kind of a weird thing when, so obviously you know you have you have the heresy you have the 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 heresy starts with Istvan and the the drop site massacre and Fulgrim kills Ferris Manus right and that's one of like the the biggest events in the heresy one Primarch actually killed another one how could this happen what does it mean and then we get this story and then all of a sudden we hear that like it wasn't really Fulgrim. Fulgrim has a demon that took over his body and the, the demon did it and it robs Fulgrim of so much uh, so much personality and and um, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, agency. agency. Yeah, exactly. Agency in the story. And it's like, okay, I, I guess. And then you get a little further when, once you get to the Fulgrim book 
And you find out that, yeah, you know, like there's this demon has been parading around in Fulgrim's body. Um, that's kind of lame, <laughs> for lack of a better <laughs> word. And then, uh, but then once you get to that book, they, they're like, they, they course correct it a little bit. And they're like, okay, no, Fulgrim had a plan all along. Um, he's doing his own kind of thing and he's coming back and he's taking over and he was using the gods for his own thing. And there's also a really interesting dynamic with the sort of leadership of the Emperor's children because they realize that Fulgrim is not quite right. Like this, this is, this is right. And Lucius, especially he's like, I'm, I'm watching Fulgrim and he's slow and I'm faster. I could beat this guy. And that's, that's not right. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they they test Fulgrim in a, a number of ways, and then he sort of he reveals that aha, I planned this all along, and I I let this demon have control of me so I could learn its secrets, and and then he comes back fully into into himself. See, I don't want to tip my hand too much because when we do get to Fulgrim, we're going to talk about that. But I actually liked how they did it originally, and I wasn't happy when they they like they added a uh, redacted kind of the story Ooh. that they did. I would be the opposite because they did it so well. I was like, oh, that's incredible. And again, I don't want to dip my hand because when we get to Fulgrim, we're going to have Fulgrim, and that is an amazing book. Sure. Yeah, no, no, that's – and, and that, that's totally a fair point. Uh, they essentially did um, – uh, what's the, the painting with the guy in Dorian it? Dorian Gray. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, they, they essentially Dorian Gray Fulgrim, and then they went back and changed it later on. But yeah, I mean, it, that's – and look, it's – from a narrative standpoint, it, it made for an interesting story, but for a standpoint of, I really like Emperor's Children and I like Fulgrim, I'm like, oh, they, he just... Yeah, I, I, I was get it. I don't know, like, what the difference is, because it would be kind of weird. It's like, hey, you know, this guy that is your Primarch, you know, he's not really him, he's somebody else. Mm-hmm. It really, it wouldn't work, but I don't know. I, I'm really looking forward to uh, doing... I, 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 I was going to say, I can understand that because, uh, and it's not to the same degree, but I know that, for instance, among Orc players, when we all found out that uh, Gazgul got decapitated by mm-hmm. Ragnar Blackmane, we were all like, that seems dumb, because Gazgul's <laughs> like a Primark Orc. No so, one was happy how they handled Gazgul. That well, was all, dumb. Hey, in all fairness, now that I've actually read through Prophecy of the Wolf, they don't actually explain how it happened. And they imply heavily that there was like more things going on, and any number of things could happen. So I'm I'm less grumpy about it than I was. But it's the same kind of thing where it's like I love this character, and they did him a little yeah. dirty. So yeah, and I mean, you know, as 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 you know, we we get so we have our favorite characters. We get so we we love them so much. But you know, 40k has it has to have a story. It has to have a narrative that goes on. Some characters are going to die. Some characters are going to change. And I mean, well, look, it could be worse for all of us. We could be Iron Hands players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Iron Hands players. You didn't have a named character till this edition. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so anyway, about this time, I want to get a little more specific into uh, your collection, if you don't mind, because so far the only like specific to the uh, to the army model we've mentioned is Noise Marines several times, mm-hmm. and obviously characters like Lucius. And because the Emperor shouldn't have their own codex, I don't expect them to have like you know an equivalent to to Rubric Marines and Exalted Sorcerers and stuff like that. But what uh, what does your collection or your army actually look like? Yeah, so kind of the one of the fun things about Chaos Space Marines in general, and then specifically Emperor's Children, is that 
they're they're good sort of all around armies. They you can play them leaning more toward melee or more toward range, but they can kind of do everything because they've got almost the entire catalog of Chaos Space Marine uh, unit. So when typically when I play, I usually start with a core of Noise Marines. Uh, so depending on the 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 points or the power level that I'm playing, um, and I I love power level games. I'm I'm gonna say that right now. I'm a big fan of power level. Uh, I know that's that also can be a controversial statement. But, Not controversial um, here. I mean, I, okay, I, I prefer points because I haven't actually like done a power level game before, but I have no, I don't feel strongly about it, so okay. I'd be open to it. Well, I'm I'm always I'm always looking for new people to teach the game and get new people in, and power level is insanely good for that. Um, playing casual games, playing quick games, getting uh, army list together very quickly. Uh, yeah, as long as as long as one side isn't purposefully exploiting the system to get every single upgrade, power level. Yeah, is- uh, Ulrich, you've been playing longer than me. Is this a controversial statement to you? No, I love power level. I wish the community had accepted it more because you can put together games so much quicker, and there's not the level of man, it looks really cool, but I can't bring the points mm-hmm. for it. But yep. power level. I don't know, the community really did not like power level. I don't know why. I think it was had something to do with it's too easy, and the community yeah. didn't want anything that was too easy. That's uh, Yeah, that's definitely a thing with Warhammer players. If something appears too easy or too simple, even for the sake of making the game you know, run more smoothly, they, they will reject it. <laughs> like it's it weird. took forever for 8th edition to gain the traction. It was like, 8th edition is so... Or 9th edition... Whatever edition we were on before, I'm getting it mixed up, was so much better because it just stripped away all of the nonsense that was 7th edition. Because 7th yep. edition was a nightmare. And then 8th edition was like, get rid of all that. And everyone's like, no, it's too simple. Like, it yeah. doesn't take me 30 minutes to figure out if I can actually shoot and mm-hmm. what the damage does. There was a god-awful table we had to consult. You know, I, I, feel, yep. like, I feel like in tabletop games in general, that is a... Uh, normal evolutionary pattern. I mean, the same thing happened with D&D, right? Mm-hmm. Where 4th edition came out and it was, like, simplified so much. Everyone hates it. They're like, okay, here's 5th edition, which is really simple, but not that simple as, like, 4th. So we'll make it work. And yeah. everyone is super into that, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So anyway, so going back. Uh, yeah, so I always start off with a core collection of of Noise Marines. Typically, like, I'll, I'll do, like, three squads of five with Rhinos. So I, they can they can drive ahead they got their metal boxes they can drive ahead they can get out do their shooting uh they're good for objective like noise marines can do anything they can do anything as far as i'm concerned uh, i love having my sonic dreadnought in the back with a missile launcher and a blast master two twin blast master um because they the range is huge it just can sit there and fire at things and then you know then it'll just it, then it'll really depend do i want Sometimes I want to go. I want to go heavy, and I'll bring in, you know, uh, predators and vindicators. Uh, yeah, I, 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 still play vindicators, even though, well, they're they're about. I they're they're not great in eighth. They're about to be great in ninth, in theory, oh, with the blast yeah. rifles. Uh, <laughs> but they they definitely took a hit in in eighth. Um, but I, I still play cool. vehicles in general. Eagles in general are going to be. Pre- I'm. I'm looking at my scrap jet, and I'm. I'm very yeah. happy. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they didn't do well I, in eighth. I love. I love terminators in in every variety. 
I love I love Land Raiders. There are a giant point sink. They're a giant point sink, but they're super fun to look at. And it's a big rolling rhomboid of death. Yes, yes. Uh, So yeah, so I, if the points are high enough, points or power level are high enough, I I will always look to get my Land Raider and my Terminators in there. Um, And then again, depending on sort of what all those other things are, then I'll look for my the leader for my army. I typically run. I like to have a demon prince just because they're 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 so powerful and can do so many things, especially the Slaneshi one because it's also a psyker, um, and then a chaos lord of some kind. Again, if I'm playing a really small game, my chaos lord might just be just a regular chaos lord and just hoofing it with, you know, some noise marines. If I'm playing terminators, yeah. I might do a okay, terminator chaos lord. Just you know, wh- wherever it can fit in with with whatever else I'm playing. Because yeah, I know you mentioned earlier being like a, a purist when it comes to your army, like so uh, Emperor's Children. But I don't think it like breaks purism to to ask thoughts on Slaneshi demons and Chaos Titans. Sure. Yeah. Um. I. I have a couple of. I have a couple of demon units that I that I play every so often, but I just I don't I don't love them. I like shooting things and. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not super comfortable with with having like pure melee units that I got to run all the way across the board to get into combat. Um, that's right. just not my play style. So I generally leave the I leave the demons behind. They're cool to look at, Sensible. but I but I don't play them a lot. And then titans or um, knights. I I don't currently have any knights. Um, I've I've never loved the aesthetic of the knights. I have to say they're. I find them very interesting, and I, I think they do really cool roles on the battlefield. Um, also, for just money and time, I've managed to persuade myself that I don't need any knights. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. I, I'm sure one day that will change, and I will pick some up. I mean, oddly, but, well, not oddly, but in, in my experience, the coolest Chaos Knights I've seen were usually, like, they took the base of the... Okay, my my, but my Thousand Sons friend, like, he showed yeah. me someone... Um, Kit bashed the 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 tentacle face of a mutilith beast onto a Ooh. chaos knight, and it looks like Eldritch Cthulhu. It's, it's really awesome. But anyway, like I, said, I was just curious because those are those I t- t- knights to me fit that like no matter what you're running, I feel like having one just for when mm-hmm. you can play it makes sense. But yeah, aesthetic is a big thing. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And then of course. Havocs are great for for long range, sort of more more heavy firepower. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? What am I thinking? Oh, and then yeah, the the fiends. Uh, whether you want the you know the mauler fiend to come come in there and just annihilate blobs of infantry with its tendrils, or the forge fiend. Uh, also, oh my god, forge fiend is going to get so much better in in ninth edition. Uh, not having the penalty for moving and shooting heavy and being able to shoot and fight in combat. Yes, please. Uh, and then, That's a cool model, by the way. I've seen that many yeah. times in the store, and I was always like, "I'm not a chaos player, but that looks awesome." Mm. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I'll I'll sometimes I'll run I'll run raptors if I want you know to have flying things dropping from the sky. I love I love 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 my Helldrake. It it, it it's chaos decent. Turkey. Yep, it's decent in eighth edition. It's not quite as overpowered as it was in seventh, but it's just so much fun. And yeah, it's a beautiful Seven, oh model. God. Yeah, <laughs> flashback to getting my units just taken off the table with those. Didn't yeah, even do anything. It just you know passed over the top of them. It's like and they're dead. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it just looks so cool. And uh, 
Yeah. So like, so yeah, I mean, obviously I have, I have a pretty big amount of models and units that I can pull from and yeah. And I, I like being able to change it up in, you know, for, for different games, depending on my opponent and, or the army I'm going up against just whatever, whatever's going to be fun. Well, uh, I don't have any, well, I mean, I'm sure I could come up with further conversation, but for, (laughs) (laughs) for sake of the time, Ulrich, do you have any, uh, additional questions? Yeah, this one in with one. So assuming we do get the Emperor's Children uh, Codex outside of Demon Fulgrim, what do you want in there? Like, what is your dream model, either from the lore or just made up in your own mind? Mm, I, wow, that, that's a really good question. I would love to see, well, I would love to see at least a new Lucius model. Yeah. If not... If not some new stats, I mean his his stats his stats were actually pretty pretty darn good in eighth, um, but yes, a new model would be would just be great. I'd love if there was a an Ember's Children specific demon prince. Ooh. Give it a, a little something a little bit unique. Um, Return of Eidolon. He's a demon <laughs> prince now. <laughs> there you go. Um, in in some of the 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 side things that Games Workshop has put out over the years, they've done some interesting things. So, for instance, in the in the Conquest 40k card game that um, uh, Fantasy Flight put out, in one of the the last expansions, there was a Slaneshi demon prince named uh, Vashalhor, whatever. Um, but it was yeah. it was a demon prince with a a lion head, essentially. And it was and with purple armor and it looked amazing. So I actually I'm in the process of of converting one to look like that. So yeah, just like some kind of a cool, just some just cool elements, cool visual elements. That's really all I need for, for Emperor's Children. Yeah, that works. I don't know. I've been I've been saying it for like two years now, and I got a buddy who thinks I'm crazy. He's like, it's gonna happen. Just you wait. I am the 40k prophet. I know this is true. Well, you know, sometimes things. Well, it's all on, on a time frame, right? Like, yeah. How many people were waiting what ten years for Plastic Sisters, and it finally happened? Oh, so, yeah. yeah yep. And then we had the whole apocalypse kind of threw everything out of whack, but yeah. Um, well, anyway, then uh, Codex. Yeah. So uh, before we move on, um, we will pass it over to you for any final thoughts on on the Emperor's Children. Yeah, they're um, like I said, they're they're actually really flexible, and they have mainly because they can pull from almost every Chaos Space Marine units. Um, if you're interested in them, you know, check out... I would say check out check out the, some of the 30k lore on them, because it's really interesting. 40k stuff is like, yeah, you can read some books about Lucius or Fabius Bile, which is sort of connected, but, um, you know, the honestly, the, the Traitor Legions Codex from 7th edition, that's like the best place to get information on a lot of the Legions. That was such a great book. But um, yeah, uh, you know, as far as like strategies, you know, you want a wall of sound. You you know, you've got your terminators loaded up with with buffs. There, uh, it can be a really fun, a really fun army. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they play in ninth. All right. Well, then at that point, we give you a extra soapbox upon which you can plug anything you want to plug. Cool. I appreciate that. Uh, you can find me on every social media platform at Norse Meat. Uh, it's Norse, like Norse mythology, and meat, like you eat meat. Uh, it's a name that came to me in a dream, so I use it for everything. Uh, you can find me on Norse Meat at Everywhere. I, I stream most days Twitch, uh, so you can find me there. 
But the big thing is I have a book out that just came out very, very recently. It's called Naming Your Little Geek. And it's a it's a baby name book, technically, but it's about all of the cool names out there that have been used by characters in geek properties, like movies, <laughs> TV awesome. shows, hmm. comic books. And so you can look up, you know, your name or a name you're thinking of naming a kid and find out what characters have had it and how that might influence your child. But it's also a great um, resource for naming pets or computers or characters. Geeks love to name everything. So it's it's good for every geek. Uh, and that is currently available wherever you buy books. Huh. I, I was named after a John Wayne character, so I can relate. Hey, there you go. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, then uh, at that point. I, I feel like it's my phrase for the time being. We'd like to thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much, guys. This has been a blast. By the way, the Norse meat, like my brain is just like registering that right now because <laughs> I, I like just two nights ago, I started reading my my copy of Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology. I don't, I've had it for years. I just finally started reading. Anyway, but that's a great name. <laughs> it, just, it just hurts. It hurts my brain a little bit. So <laughs> I, I know P- people get really hung up on it. Like, is, is it dirty? Does it mean this? I'm like, nope, nope. I, I, I literally, I literally woke up one morning and I thought, and the only thing I remembered was in, I had a dream and I, in the dream, there was this name Norse meat. And I'm like, Hey, nobody else on the entire internet is using this. It's mine. I can sign up for everything with this. And so I have. <laughs> All right, well, Norse meat. <laughs> Thank you again for coming on. <laughs> and uh, you know, we have another conversation sometime. You're welcome back. So awesome. I, I I'd love to come back. I love I love talking about all this stuff and the lore and just it's it's great. I love Warhammer. <laughs> well, we we made we made a, a a second podcast for the sole purpose of talking Warhammer. So we love talking it too. <laughs> anyway, Ulrich, you want to take us out? Yeah, that works as a great uh, segue into our outro. We actually like to thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, because as we're going to say at the end of every one of these episodes for the first season of this show, this is a test podcast. If the numbers are good, we do more episodes. If the numbers are bad, we try and find a reason to do more episodes. But <laughs> there <you go. laughs> if you like this conversation and you want us to talk Warhammer and you want us to bring guests back, you got to share this. You got to share it with a friend. You got to go, hey, check this out. Then we'll make more and we'll bring it back and we'll talk about other stuff. Like, what exactly is Norse meat? Caribou, Ludafis, <laughs> Kippers. Kippers are English. Anyways. And whatever platform you're currently listening to us on, it's probably SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. If it's not one of them, it means that either we have found a new platform since recording this or someone else is uploading our stuff and we're not aware of it. So, you know, maybe let us know. But. If you'd like us to be on that platform that I didn't that I didn't list and we're not aware of it, tell us about it and we can go get on there like, you know, properly. <laughs> we don't know about it until you tell us about it though. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And it's Shield Brother, Axel Wright. And until next time, may the dice roll in your favor.